bam we're recording and no one will know that there was supposed to be an episode that happened and was recorded but didn't get released because it was improperly recorded or corrupted i fucked something up i don't i don't really know but if i if, if i just it's don't okay my camera wasn't working for that unreleased episode too if I don't tell people that, then no one will ever know. They'll just think that we took like an extended break and not that I fucked something up. So I'll just, we'll just keep that a secret between you and me and I'll okay. edit this part out. All right. Okay. I don't think you're going to edit it out. What? No. Um, here, let's, um, <clears throat> man, so I did something embarrassing today. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing joey start this uh story to start the podcast great so i do, do you have a primary care physician do you have like a regular doctor yes you do oh man yes. i don't and i haven't had one in probably over a decade and i'm i've been trying to you know coming out of covid like go to the doctor spend some of the health money that i have from work and get blood work and all that stuff right so i finally tried to get a new primary care physician and i went to go visit her today mm-hmm. and i was excited about it she was in town she was she she was young uh like like the office was I'm nice sorry, what well i i, I realized it in my talk i'm talking like going a date. to the doctors or going on a date <laughs> no, I, I went to a doctor but i but i picked the doctor so I don't know if this is weird. I mean, I'm I'm going to pull the audience on this one. My preference is to have a young doctor who recently got out of medical school, who probably is not disillusioned by the profession, and also can grow old with me. That that that, that, that was my calculus. Can grow old with me <laughs> again? Not on a date. You really I'm are not... going on a date. No, no, no. Bad. Um, I mean, I get I get it in, in the fact that the doctor is up to date with all the latest stuff whereas maybe mm-hmm. an older doctor doesn't keep as up to date with uh you know the doctor magazines or whatever they're, they're supposed to fucking read you know yeah they, 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 she probably goes on doctor reddit all the time or wherever they all hang yeah. out i don't know i, I it's probably reddit right um <laughs> so i got to the office a little bit early and i was taking a phone call outside and just like walking around and for those of you who don't know in los angeles right now it is the middle of a heat wave it is like every day it's like record temperatures all week long for multiple parts of la it's fucking hot also my air conditioning's broken that sucks that's why i don't have sleeves on it why i'm sweaty um i'm in a steam box right now still different story he still does not work it might be three weeks oh my god yeah what's the point i don't know there's a window unit in like every room of the house. It's disgusting. Anywho, I'm walking around outside before the doctor and I'm on the phone and I'm like getting a little tan and I feel good about it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm enjoying the sun, right? And I go inside and uh, I, I check in. I go into the office. The, like the, the nurse is taking all my stuff. She's getting a chart ready. And then she gives me a gown and she's like, oh, like just in case, you know, the doctor wants to, you know, fully you know do do a full physical and, and check you out like do you mind mm-hmm. like just just in, in your underwear and i'm like oh i didn't i didn't really think about that but i guess i did sign up for a, a physical or like a you know like like establishing care right um so nurse leaves the room go to take my clothes off and put my gown on realize that the uh 15 minutes of walking around and pacing i was doing outside created oh, no. a remarkably 
incredibly sweaty situation uh, oh, downstairs. No, no. And now I am panicking, Austin, that, that I am going to meet this new doctor who I so painstakingly like scouted out f- uh, for hours on the internet. And then she's going to be like, hey, let me do a hernia check. Wow, it's really a swamp down there. So I look around the room and I'm like, how do I, how do I solve this situation? And there, there, there's a sink in the doctor's office. So I get just a bunch of paper towels and like, like, like a little soap, a little water and give myself a little like in office paper towel <laughs> sponge, sponge bath. bath to try and de-dampen um, the, 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 the below the belt situation um uh-huh. and then i'm and then like then there's a knock on the door and they're like you ready yet and i'm like uh, uh actually sorry just just finish just finishing um <laughs> so i was answering an email i didn't have to lie but i but i said i was answering an email um she gets in the room we have a great conversation uh she she checks some things never once needed to touch anything was totally uh-huh. fine not a problem panicked and washed for nothing. Um, but I know she what happened. make a comment about the large number of paper towels <laughs> filling up the garbage? No, no, she did not comment on the paper towels, but I did probably go through, if I had to <laughs> guess, like, well, there, there was, like, probably four to wash and then another four to dry. It was probably, like, eight paper towels that all got, like, stuffed in the disposal <laughs> bin just so that I could, like, in case of emergency, have, like, dry-ish testicles. Um... <laughs> God, um, <laughs> what? So that was All my right. day. <laughs> that's that's how Joey's summer is going. It's uh, it's good to know. How's your summer? Uh, you're, you're 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 back home. And yeah. w- w- was it hot in Malaysia? Was it a reprieve was, from this? Was it hot heat? in Malaysia? No. Uh, well, it. I mean, it was They're... it was hot, but it wasn't uh, as hot as it is here currently. Mm. And uh, and it was actually uh, it actually rained. Got a little like uh, you know summer thunderstorms going on. Yeah, yeah, and actually uh, got to see some thunderstorms and a bunch of rain stuff. So that was cool. Uh, ESL on Malaysia was good. The event was good. Um, the event was really nice. It was nice to be casting in front of a crowd again. It's the first time that I've done that. It's like two years, two and a half years since like. Dream. Well, I don't remember what the last major was, but I think it was like a Dream League or something. I remember there was an MDL Chengdu, but that was in the BTS studios, uh, which I casted that, but it was in the BTS studios. And then I think there was a Dream League before ESL One Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which got canceled. So that Dream League is the I think the last event that I was at. And you just so. never saw fans again. <laughs> yeah, just never saw fans again, and uh, so it was nice especially being back in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia has usually the best crowds. So really, uh, really nice experience that all around. Probably the first time that Avery was ever in front of a crowd, right? Yeah, it was actually. It was the first time he's ever cast in front of a crowd. Um, that was something that he was looking forward to um, just because one of the biggest complaints about him and our duo is that it can be kind of low energy. So obviously a crowd um, really helps cover over that weakness and also uh, makes you more hype naturally so um i think that it brought out the uh, energy in our duo and i think we did a good enough job 
um, that we proved that we are a main stage duo. At least that's the hope. We'll see what happens when it comes to uh, TI invites. So, I have my fingers crossed. I want to see you in Singapore. <laughs> I yeah. Well, I mean, I've been telling people I'll be a TI no matter what. I've been to every single TI except for the very first one. I was at TI two as a fan. TI three, I did like interviews for Join Dota or uh, somebody else. Uh, I think it was no, it was Absolute Legends. I did, <laughs> I did <laughs> interviews for them. Uh, and then TI4, I did group stage and TI5 main stage, so on and so forth. So I haven't missed a TI. I won't miss one. It's just an expensive plane ticket if you're not going to be going anyway. True, <laughs> like, true. It's that so much true. easier yeah. to go to Seattle uh, and yeah. like maybe stay with mom <laughs> on the way than it is to be like, hey, hon, uh, 17 hours to Singapore. You want to get on that? Uh, you want to get on that Delta flight? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I I, I think that it's going to uh, be, be a good time. I, I think that you and Avery had like a really strong showing. My favorite, my favorite part of the event from you two was um probably probably one of my biggest takeaways from the event a as a whole and not to say the event wasn't good but the but just the most memorable thing is um they have this obscure rule set where ties in the group stage if all other tiebreakers are exhausted would be determined by a 1v1 mid game <laughs> which had to happen for fanatic enigma yeah 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 we got to see uh some mail uh, Samael versus Armel. It was uh, a very good matchup, and me and Avery were on the later games, so it meant we were also the ones doing the tiebreaker. So we got to cast a, a 1v1, which was super hype, and I think for all future rule sets, um, I don't know if Valve will ever adopt something like that, but I think all third parties just throw in the 1v1 tiebreaker. It's a hype thing. It's great entertainment for the fans. Ooh, like it, like no team is going to complain about competitive integrity when it comes down to a tiebreaker that like all things are tied it would go to time rating instead nobody wants to go to time rating just go to a 1v1 mid that is a way better rule set uh i think for balance stuff they'll probably always do like a you have to have a best of one or a best of three tiebreaker stuff mm -hmm. for, but for these third-party events they don't have the time to, to actually like they they can't allocate the time to like just in case we end up in some sort of crazy tie situation uh to play it all again they don't have the time for that so well, 1v1 tiebreaker is a really good way to do it your interpretation of it was really hype it, it felt like i was watching like some kind of boxing wrestling mma situation like i i think that that you really like owned up to the moment because it felt like special and unique and I think that you like brought something fun there uh, to, to match that and, and like this would not be a normal occurring circumstance like the situation that got to this tiebreaker is something that happens like one out of 10, 20 30 group stages where something is so closely contested because you know I, I know this happened a couple weeks ago now so people you know it, it might have got lost in the news cycle when we were fake recording a podcast or coming traveling back home but but valve decided to release a patch between day one and day two yeah. and the entire group stage i don't want to call it a fiesta because it wasn't but like it was, it was a little bit yeah the game was definitely a bit different it, it's it's definitely not like a huge patch uh but i don't remember the last time we had a huge huge patch you know, it's it's been a while since we had one of those like I don't understand Dota anymore sort of patches. So 
Uh, it was it was a decently sized patch. It was like the classic, you know, like, okay, we're leading into TI. Let's change up the game a little bit and balance it out as well um, and just make things fresh for TI. So we had that patch and yeah, it did make things a little bit weirder. It made things a little bit more hype as well. For the uh, for the 1v1 specifically, I, I did do, it, it's like nice casting wise because it's uh, very, so 1v1, same hero, it's pure skill based, mm -hmm. right? Whereas, as much as I love the strategy of Dota, it does tone down the hype that you can give plays, right? It's like, um, you know, like somebody hits a, a really big black hole that's like really cool and stuff, but like, what if the enemy is just sitting together as five and literally not clicking any buttons, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden a five, like a five man black hole, and that's, it wasn't interesting. You literally walked up at 300 movement speed, cast a black hole. Anybody could do that, right? So the strategy element sometimes does dial back some of the hype that comes with skill. And a 1v1 pure skill-based matchup like SF versus SF like that is a lot more skill-based and so you can be a lot more hype about it. Um, and I think that's like sort of the uh, what what is really hype about watching uh, games like CSGO and stuff like that is that you get to highlight more of that skill aspect um, and it also 1v1 lends itself to more of like an MMA or in my case, I was kind of like more like a throwback to like StarCraft commentary and like how they do their intros. So Slayers Boxer. <laughs> yeah. Tasteless was always the best at being able to do those intros. He was really good at it. Yeah, well, shameless. I and you have to be shameless. You just got to go all in. Yeah. You, you, you have to like remove a little bit of ego to, uh, to to like be that person because you have to be grandiose about it. Yeah, and, it's the and same with stage fun. hosting. It's it's the same with stage hosting, right? It's like Slack says, like he is one hundred percent down to be made a total fool of, and he owns it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you can be a good stage host is that you just put it all out there and you go all in on it. And you know, like people can say cringe or whatever, and maybe even you think it's cringe, but you just got to own it and push through it. Sometimes it can be a little cringe, but like. That that comes with being yeah. able to shed all of your human understanding of what shame is, and then just throw yeah. it out the window, which is not hard to do. It's very, it's very <laughs> difficult, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, OG one ESL. Yep, I don't know what it is about those guys, but uh, it doesn't matter who they slot in. Just really good team. <laughs> you almost wonder, like. Is are things gonna go like they're finally gonna get to play with Misha at TI? Mm -hmm. If OG doesn't do well at TI, like all of a sudden is it Misha's fault? Probably not. I mean, I think <laughs> I would credit. I mean, yeah, like just purely based off of like the results, people might make that argument. I would say OG is a team that like Misha I would give a large amount of credit to because as far as I understand, I think he's the one who put together the team in the first place, and mm -hmm. obviously he put together a really stellar roster. So. Yeah, they're they're killing it. I think that it's not an exaggeration to say that they're you know on the short list of favorites walking into TI, even with rosters being shuffled. They're cruising. Yeah. They they don't got to play in these qualifiers. They're like they're like top of that leaderboard, baby. Yep, 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 yep. So they uh they're gonna look they look really good going into TI. We'll see what happens at TI itself. It could be one of those like spirit situations where show up to their first TI and absolutely crush it. Um, or it could be, 
you know, that uh, they get to TI and all of a sudden there is pressure there or something. And uh, or maybe teams just like figure out OG a little bit more. I mean, they do have a very set play style. So with the patch, I haven't seen much change, really, at least out of a Mars player uh, <laughs> hero pool. Like I'm still seeing him play kind of the same heroes. He's just losing more on Razor than he used to. Yeah, so my understanding is that one of the things that the patch did is that it um, feels like it made the offlane a little more traditional and a little less, like, off-lane, off-carry roles. Like, you're not seeing that Razor. You're not seeing that Viper. Yeah, and it is banned for uh, Amar specifically because he is a more carry-style offlaner. Um, so having, I think, Razor specifically getting nerfed is pretty bad. Viper is kind of eh. Uh, but the other one is obviously his Mars, specifically his carry style Mars got nerfed as well. So um, it definitely felt like he got targeted a bit. Um, you know, he does have a very unique play style um, that I think a lot of, I think a, a lot of OG success can be pointed to that play style um, in the fact that like nobody else, like very, very few players ever in the history of dota from the offlane position have played the way that he has and i think that is something that teams are just adjusting to you know yeah, especially he... after years and years and years of dota uh, it's a relatively like slow paced patch in the fact that you cannot play fast placed lineup there might be like kills and stuff and like it might feel like oh wow look how many kills we're getting but you cannot play a fast paced lineup as in like we need to end the game in 25 minutes you couldn't do that in these previous patches. And I'm not sure if you could still do it. I don't know. We'll see. I think that it might be, uh, or I guess what I'm hoping is that it's not as like a VP or secret situation where they come into TI with a successful year and then just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that part is always kind of. Um, so it's a, it's a little bothersome because like uh, from a fan point of view, they like at the end of the day, no one will remember like the OG success throughout this year if they no. bomb out of TI. You know, they'll just look back at it like, oh, OG got 12th, whatever. Even though they, by all other metrics, had a very outstanding year. Um, but that just comes with the territory of TI being the only tournament that matters in Dota. <sighs> <laughs> well, we're getting closer and closer, literally every day uh we've already started mm -hmm. with some of the qualifiers which i don't want to like dive <laughs> joe you could say that a year ago <laughs> you could say that 10 years ago every day we get closer and closer to ti 11 <laughs> and 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 like the heat death of the universe every, <laughs> yes. every day cap one one day closer to the sun turning off just to, every just, day just ancient saying. apparition is stronger <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll pull my, my ESPN bullshit back. <laughs> the qualifiers have started. Yes. There's there's 30 other things that we could be and maybe should be talking about. I'm sure that we can do more on this next week when uh, <laughs> there's actual results. But there is the, there there's a team. Are, are you casting any of the qualifiers? Uh, yes, I am casting the North American qualifiers, which is in a couple days. So... I will be maybe done with NA by the time we do our next podcast, or at least I'll be mostly Close. through it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like three weeks, basically, or like almost weeks, and like in two, three groups of two teams that all go sequentially. So right now it's Eastern Europe and South America. And next week it's North yep. America and C? 
China? I'm not sure which one. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, all, all I know is NA because that's what I'm covering right now. But uh, yeah, Eastern Europe is going kind of as expected. Um, right now, it's looking like Outsiders versus Navi, which is probably what most people would have expected. Uh, I know somebody was putting like Hellraisers pretty highly, but they've already been knocked out. So they're not, not sure what happened there. Um, I think you and I both picked Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, we both picked Outsiders, though. I think Navi is the obvious other team in contention. Maybe Betboom could make a uh, some sort of crazy run. I mean, Eastern Europe has, like, a pretty decent depth of talent in, like, that second tier mm-hmm. that, like, who knows, maybe they just have a great tournament and pop off and do manage to make an upset, but it's pretty an obvious, like, one-two as favorites between Outsiders and Navi. And then South America favorites are also dominating where uh, Team 1, Team 2, Infamous Tempest are in the winner's bracket finals. The And I think that both you and I picked Infamous to win, which is just the safe choice here. The thing that was disappointing to me about South America is I was really hoping that the Brazilians were going to do better and that, and that Wolf team yeah. was going to make it through. Uh, HFN, 40R, Tavo, King RD, Duster. Yeah, they got knocked out by Mad Kings, so... Uh, by a Peruvian squad. So, unfortunate for them, but uh, we will not be seeing the Brazilians in any form at TI. So, Adriano missed out on that. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought Hokori. Uh, Hokori would have been my second uh, base team behind Infamous, probably the team I would have chosen, but they actually got beat out by uh, Tempest. So, uh, that was... Uh, I mean, that's probably a, a close matchup, but we'll see. Well, Corey's not out, out. They're in the lower bracket, so they could they can make a run for it. But yeah, looks like Infamous right now are, are the definite favorites, as they probably should have been. Yep. Um, I mean, I only care... Well, okay, I care about two regions, but I really only care about one region. <laughs> I, yeah, and uh, you kind of need it after Team Liquid uh, missed one series to be able to multiple times missed one series in order to uh go to ti and now they have to go through ti qualifiers and it's a decently stacked ti qualifiers for in my mind there's pretty much like four maybe four and a half teams for three slots um obviously like being in the last chance qualifier is still pretty scary because you have to compete with the chinese teams and there's pro like there's probably going to be a team from one or two regions that is like surprisingly good you know so you you can't just like automatically say western europe or china will go through the last chance qualifier so uh last chance qualifier is scary so you definitely want to be getting the direct spot to ti if possible so yeah so i think the story so far is that um liquid would have made ti if they beat bet boom in stockholm in Uh the lower finals which went to three games Yep. Um, then they also would have made TI if they beat Boom in Arlington in their yep. lower game, which went to three games. And <laughs> uh, they had that four-way tiebreaker, uh, three slots or whatever, and they got dead last, um, which would have put them in the upper bracket, which also you know may yeah. have given them better chance. Again, another one series with two chances sort of set up. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. ESL One Malaysia. <laughs> Dude, okay, okay. ESL One Malaysia is is bullshit. 
not only was there a patch after day one, like who, six place in a group going four and six, like one one game shy of a 50-50. You tie, you go one and one with everybody, but just lose 0-2 to OG on the first day, and you are the last place in the group. That's just a competitive group. If those were best of threes, easy. Easy. Yeah, easy, he says. Well, the best of threes haven't pinned uh, Liquid's Forte at LAN in the past. So, uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little looking a little questionable. Really, the, the biggest highlight for Team Liquid is that it's an online thing. And uh, they've done pretty well with the online TPC season. So. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, but uh, also it seems like pressure kind of seems to get to them. So, who knows? It, it might be that. If they, so what it looks like is going to happen is they will play, like their their first game is against like DGG Esports, which is okay, whatever. And then they have an upper bracket semifinals game against Enigma. And if they win that best of three, they're going to TI in some way shape or form some fashion yeah, yeah in some fashion so there's a best of three against enigma that will happen on september 15th <laughs> you're really planning out your uh, calendar huh in 10 days time in 10 days time i will be doing nothing but just watching that game probably anxiously walking back and forth doing some pacing yeah because otherwise you can't make uh content like you did at uh, Arlington, dude. Uh, let me let me do a little bit of self promotion for a second because I, uh -huh. I I think I have a theory. I have a theory that if people are willing to listen to the podcast, they might be interested <laughs> in going to watch the vlog that I made at Arlington with the Dota team. Hey Joey, why did you make a vlog? You're not a cameraman. You're not someone who's normally doing content. I thought that that's not really your gig. You just, I don't even know what your job is. I guess you just tell other people what to do. It's kind of what my job is. Um, I want He likes the attention. I, yeah, that's why we're here, baby. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why the camera's going. Hmm, give it to me. Um, God. We're going to go to Arlington. Our, our, our Dota videographer editor is traveling with the team. Day one of being in Arlington, he slept in the hotel with everybody for one night, wakes up, sends me a picture of a positive COVID test, and I go, well, fuck, that's not good. So <laughs> I was planning on going to Arlington anyways to hang out, but then hanging out turned into much more work when I, when I took the camera myself and decided that, okay, I'll just, I'll just show him the vlog. Like, sure, you can do it, Joey. You can do a thing. And we were going to use the vlog to launch the brand new Team Liquid Dota specific YouTube channel. Um, but we didn't use it to launch it. We used it as the second video because I didn't know if it was good enough to be the first video. But it's doing mm. well. It's doing well. Like almost like 10,000 views on like a YouTube channel that is like brand new with no subscribers, which is like actually pretty okay. It like performed on Reddit like pretty decently. And, and I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about what it is. So um if you go just like look up Team Liquid Dota on YouTube, we have we have a new channel that is just Dota content. No Valorant, no Counter-Strike, no League, no Rocket League, no whatever the fuck else you don't want. You can subscribe and know that it is just stuff that I am making for you from Team Liquid that is Dota focused. There's a really good series um, that, that Tsunami and I did uh, where we're going back and looking at like historical games with some of our players like Blitz and... Um, Zai watched the EGE home game 
and kind of commentated over it like a, like a look through through uh, I guess rose tinted glasses and kind of talked about yeah, the series spoke, at the time spoke on top of all my great commentary I was providing we we, we let your voice come in please don't copyright us for that I yeah know. um <laughs> <laughs> but so there's well, believe me if it comes to you know like uh people using my voice for uh for monetary gain there's bigger fish to fry on that one joe <laughs> <laughs> oof anywho i won't i'll just i'll just pave right over that um <laughs> you can watch you can watch the dota arlington vlog you can watch this series it's called time lapse uh there's a but we have six episodes one's out one will come out i think at the same time as this podcast tomorrow on on tuesday maybe wednesday so um tl.gg slash dota or just look up team look at dota on youtube uh let me know if you do um let me know if you subscribe i will say thank you or like a co- i don't know uh but but i think there's good stuff there i i think that the vlog actually came out okay i had a really funny interview with a fan at the venue that I, that i quite liked it was pretty good yeah i i enjoyed it i mean you made content out of what was kind of a shit burger situation where <laughs> i was there to film one best of three lost. which we lost <laughs> yeah you, you film one best of three they lost and they were mega emo about it <laughs> you know like not sure what else you were going to be able to pull out of that situation so yeah it was rough uh but hey we're here check it out i would appreciate it if you did um but there's like there, there's bigger fish to fry cap um yeah. i don't know if you're aware i don't know if you're aware um the battle pass Oh my god, the, the international released. Oh. And it's here. So so I, I've been doing like some precursory research onto uh feedback for mm-hmm. like the entirety of the battle pass. Like I've been looking on like Twitter and Reddit, just kinda like temperature tech the the community and see how they're mm-hmm. feeling about it. Because you know, this is like, yeah, just, like you a stuck big... a finger up uh the community's bum and mm-hmm. Yeah. Got a nice temp check. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. And what I I think I've discerned, I'm not certain about this, but I'm pretty sure that the general mood is negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has not been very good uh, reception so far, nor do I think it should be, to be honest. It's... um. Battle Pass, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's gonna crunch the whole, a whole lot of numbers and make sure everything is, is the same. But it does. I will just say that it feels pretty empty. A lot of, you know, to be released content that is not actually released yet. uh, Like of the Arcanas, they left the most expensive one is the one that you can get right away, which is the Faceless Void. Uh, Quality itself. Ah, like I looked through the chest. There wasn't a single set that I was like super excited about. There was the hood, the 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 ultra rare hoodwink, uh, mandolin or whatever the the fuck she's uh, she's rocking. The for Mandalorian. A she's uh, it, it's a Star yeah, Wars skin. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. So they finally got a Star Wars. They finally got a crossover in Toda. The uh, they learned from Fortnite. The, yeah. the fucking Rick and Morty thing, sends their regards. I play I play hoodwink, and I that thing did not really interest me. A whole lot but that was the closest thing that did interest me uh like the chests i i thought were pretty disappointing uh all around the arcanas kind of whatever um i mean the funny part is is two of the arcanas are just throwbacks to warcraft 3 mm-hmm. uh, the faceless void and the uh the razor one right so uh i mean i'm i'm excited for the crystal maiden one but uh, i'm gonna spend 
the least I've ever spent on a battle pass this year, probably. I'm almost certain that I am too. I did buy a level 100 one day one because I, yeah. I guess I, you know, it would have had to be like incredibly egregious for me to not do that. I think that I'm just like, you know, I will just buy the battle pass and click all the buttons and get the levels and play fantasy and, you know, do that, do that stuff. Right. But I mean, what can, what can we say that just hasn't been rehashed probably in everybody else's feed? There's like stuff that's not there. It feels like less and it feels less sir. And that's, that's kind of a bummer. It also seems harder to grind levels. Um, I can't list all the things that are missing, but there's no People like have. there's no free games, right? There's no free points that you get off of just playing like a little bit of gambling, right? There's no uh, Riley's wheel. There was no there was a pachinko one at some point in time, right? There's the shovel that digs up points. No in betting game. or portals. Yeah, yeah. So it does. It does. Uh, I've noticed that that I re- like I played some Dota finally, and I really didn't get. Uh, a whole lot of levels out of it. Uh, it does make me kind of wonder if Valve is like saving some stuff. Uh, I mean, like they obviously are saving a lot of content for the second round of the Battle Pass, which they're doing the post-TI Battle Pass that will not contribute to the the pool. Uh, and they don't have to give away 25% of that cut. So I do kind of wonder how much premium stuff they're keeping for the second part of the Battle Pass. Right. Because, yeah, like, also, if you're going to, like, resell something, you kind of do need some shiny, cool shit anyway. Right. Like, you need something to draw people's attention to an old product. Right. So you already uh, are incentivized to, like, you're going to need something good. And that's going to be, I guess, for them, Dire Tide. We'll see what Dire Tide is. Yeah, uh, we don't know but, what Dire Tide is. We know that there's no Ag's Labyrinth. We know that there's no PVE existing right now. We know that it's harder to get points. We know that there's less stuff available. Um, extremely disappointed by no Aghanim's Labyrinth. I will I will just say that. I thought that was a fucking shoo-in. I thought that was such an obvious W. I mean, they did such a good job making that original one. And then they just kind of rescan and repurpose it for the, the second time around. I figure you just keep doing that because uh, I think one of the biggest things is, is we saw recently the, the battle pass and the hype around the patch and stuff like that. There, we had our highest numbers that we've had uh, in a few years. Mm-hmm. We had like 800,000 concurrent people on Dota. Uh, that, that, I think, Aghanim's Labyrinth is one of the best modes to get new people or returning people back into Dota. It's a safe, it is quite literally the safest space you can find in Dota, you know, outside of like, I guess, playing bot matches by yourself. But like you get to play in a PVE environment and you get to play around with a Dota hero with some like cool mechanics and stuff like that that are unique. Mm -hmm. You get to experience like an aspect of Dota without all the shit that comes with PVP experience and Dota specific experience. So I, I, I boggles my mind that they are holding on to that. I have to assume that they are still going to do it, just probably some other season, mm-hmm. some other part of the year. I don't, I don't know when or why, but I, I cannot understand why they didn't. Yeah, it might, it it might rotate TI. like not during TI time. Maybe it's like that and dire time that kind of flip flop. I don't know. I, I don't know what long term plans are. I did, I did hear a rumor that that I am buying into. Uh, I think I think it's a strong analysis that 
there's this idea that the battle passes in two parts and part of the reason it's in two parts a lot of people are going to like the valve's gonna make 25 percent more money for all the stuff which is which is presumably true unless that money is going to be going somewhere else which it it might be the other thing is that um right after ti is when the most people feel like the urge to play dota and having a big content release synergizing with the end of the international could be good for people who are returning coming in the door for the first time or i guess one of those combinations right or just just like current players like you're serving people who have that direct itch that the international is causing of i want to play dota uh yeah i mean that makes sense to me that i mean it's a shame that you don't have the staff to do both <laughs> a game mode you know for the battle pass and a game mode for post ti but i guess if you have to choose between one or the other then i guess maybe the post ti one it makes more sense mm -hmm. uh I am still concerned about the fact, and I think people should, I think it is a legitimate concern. The whole 25% is, is kind of like, uh, like, yeah, it's could be a lot of money. I mean, you're probably talking about an additional, like probably literal millions. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably five to 10 somewhere there, you know? Right. Uh, but I like in general, I'm just concerned about valve seeing success off of battle passes that are not tied to TI because for better or worse, a lot of times for worse, our entire scene is built up around TI. And if, uh, like, I, I, you know, it's it's like a nice, like, little, you think about a re reimagine a theoretical world, an alternate universe where, like, Dota grew up without TI. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I feel like that scene would be a lot healthier, but, you know... At this point in time, we're fucking addicted, all right? And if we quit that addiction, we'll fucking die, I feel like, you know? Like it feels we hard quit, to pivot. It, it, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you just can't quit cold turkey, you know, when you're an alcoholic. Uh, you, you might actually do more harm to yourself than good. So uh, I, I feel like TI is one of those sort of things, is that the, the scene is so built up around it um, that, like... I, you know, I'm I'm a bit skittish about Valve having any sort of uh, major success with battle passes that aren't tied to TI or to the competitive scene in general because they've already shown some reluctance and uh, in being like keeping the competitive uh, side of Dota going. So, battle passes that are successful without any sort of competitive element to it are concerning to me. I mean, I mean, ultimately, Valve is probably, what, less than a dozen employees quitting away from no longer supporting competitive Dota. Like, there, yeah. there, there's probably literally, if four to six employees left Valve tomorrow, no one would be doing any of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, it feels like yeah, it's on like a razor's edge. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that how how do you what do you think about the idea that the battle pass was strategically released later um, to potentially have a good reason for the TI prize pool to not be larger? Like because before I think that or my hypothesis is that the battle pass would either come out sooner or have more stuff or 
just be be like a better product because the end goal was always more prize money than the last year. But this year is the first time where that was not the end goal, which you can see mm. probably directly affected by the idea of it comes out later. So you have something very easy to point to as to why is the TI prize pool smaller? And then also, why is it not as good of a product? Because they, they, because they weren't trying to make the TI prize pool the largest ever again. Makes sense. Uh, I think that makes a fair amount of sense. Uh, but it also, I feel like, ties in with the battle pass, like the second part of the battle pass as well. Right? It's like less time. Like you can't have like this, the first part of the battle pass go on for like three months and then be like, ah, oh, now here's the second part of the battle pass. If you want the second part to be successful at all, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I could see both of those theories being true independently. I could see them both being true, like actually tied together. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like at some point in time, like every, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird with these sort of games, these League of Legends, these Dota type games that just kind of like aren't evergreen, but they're closest <laughs> to the games yeah. industry has to evergreen product, right? It's like. Uh, that the whole concept of scaling down on a game and just trying to like milk whatever's left out of it is is probably a little bit antiquated. That concept. World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, but at the the same time, like there's got to be some, you know, some truth to it. If I had to, you're point not gonna just all of a sudden like like your your eggs being put into new games is probably like if you want to reach like another big peak, like you're not gonna do it through an old game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's so hot in the room that my camera turned off. We're gonna we're gonna keep going though. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for anybody. Yeah, sorry for anybody who uh, is watching the YouTube video. If you want to watch the YouTube video, they're on YouTube. By the way, if you want to listen, not on YouTube, just a uh, little Spotify or Apple Podcast. The thing that disappoints me the most is I don't understand why there is a crystal maiden persona on top of the already existing arcana on top of having her inside the cavern crawl on top of having her inside of the chests or similar with mars or other people like yeah why does mars have like two sets that are very similar uh yeah i don't i don't really know hero diversity i have to assume that also has something to do with um the hero diversity i think reflects perhaps the artists um maybe they're just less artists uh, willing to make these sort of sets and stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what that comes down to, but it does feel like not great planning. I wonder if regard. all the immortals are still made in house by Valve, or if those have also been kind of disseminated towards the community. Yeah, I have, I have no idea in that regard. Um, feels like if that was all in house, like you probably wouldn't end up with two Mars sets that are exactly the same. Probably, but surely you can still quality control that out. Like, I, I struggle to believe that that was the best option, but, you know, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe they, there weren't any other options. Which is maybe also not a great thing to think other about. Other great sets to put in, because ultimately, why make Dota sets when you could make CSGO guns? That'll sell a lot more money. Same goes with the whole sticker concept, too. Okay, stickers are something that I do want to spend a second on. Yeah. I want to try and be violently positive about <laughs> stickers. 
Okay. I'm struggling so what, to do what, it. What, what are you? <laughs> give me, give me some some positive messages about stickers in Dota. Okay, this is also a little bit tricky because I mean, full disclosure, I think that I know more than the average person because of my team affiliation. Uh, these these are a product that is intended to boost revenue for teams in the space. Full stop. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if you compare counter-strike stickers which is like almost the exact same system that valve is doing right now for ti and stickers as it would be doing for counter-strike in the major if, if you were to do a comparison of counter-strike stickers stickers for an org for an org versus like dota 2 fan packs it is a fucking mariana's trench of a divide it is it's a cliff it is a giant cliff counter-strike yeah, stickers it's not, it's not make 10 money. times the amount of money it's like a hundred times the amount of money or a thousand times the amount of money like stickers are 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 like a huge fucking financial win for the organization mm-hmm. and players as well uh whereas fan packs were uh, a, fi- a small financial W the very first time they were released if you were one of the most dominant in selling and certainly not enough to like do anything like finance a team for a year or something like that like it's not it's not that kind of windfall it's not to- like you invested all this money and like now it's worth it because of the fan pack you know to be, to be clear Counter-Strike stickers don't do that either it's not like a whole team is financed based off stickers right um, I'm sure that for smaller teams it is a very substantial part of revenue but well it- I've heard some crazy ass numbers for when it comes to stickers for like the top sellers like Navi I've heard some crazy numbers out of that well, yeah, but I mean, you also consider that, like, think about Navi's salary spend relative to other teams, and the sure, sticker, the stickers sure. might pay for Simple's contract, and that is still a giant win, right? To be able to subsidize mm-hmm. like that with with a, with a with a person with a sticker, yeah. but um, you know, I just so, so the clear difference for stickers with Dota and Counter Strike is Counter Strike they go on your gun in game, which you can see, and it's like a whole thing, right? In Dota, there's nowhere to put stickers, which is why they're making an artificial home for you to put stickers. Are people going to care about their sticker album? I hope so. I I got my gut doubt says it. No, I've I've never. I'm see. I'm just not a fan of scrapbooking personally. That's. <laughs> That, do, you, do you think most Dota fans? Like. It's a digital scrapbook. Yeah. Do you think most Dota fans would agree with that perspective? Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that the stickers are, have some sort of impact in game. Um, but I think that it's hard, um, because you don't want it to be too much, right? That would just be obnoxious. Even if it would sell really well, then in some ways you're like kind of ruining the game, uh, in order to get something that is like sells really well because it's super impactful in what it does Mm -hmm. uh, visually. So I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a weird setup. You, you don't want something that does does too much, um, but simultaneously you don't want something that like doesn't have any impact at all because like then at that point you're just collecting them just because you're a collector. You want to, yeah. That. Which yeah, is fine. People will do that. And yeah, there sus- will be some people who do that. I suspect that it might even sell better than fan packs. Um, but is it going to be significantly better? That's what I'm interested in seeing. The reason why I want to be very positive about this is that I so appreciate the idea that we are trying to do new things to incentivize teams to be in the space. I think that that 
needs to happen and the fact that we are taking swings even if we don't fully believe in them or know if they're going to work or not is the right approach i think doing something here is better than nothing and i think that it can always be iterated on and we know that that you know we can we've spent how many episodes talking about flaws of valve but one thing that they're like objectively very good at is iteration yeah yeah i I, i'm very thankful that uh they are trying something in that regard that gives me hope because it just means in general that they want the the scene to improve and they understand that like so like they they understood the fact that like commentators like the autograph pieces like there was no point in having an autograph right it's like uh the autographs for older talent were worthless essentially because you already sold your autographs like the even the most diehard fan was like okay but i'm like am, am i really gonna buy the fifth year of you having an autograph so instead they gave us voice lines and um that like probably didn't make that wasn't like a huge money maker i think for most people but it was pretty decent uh, and it, it did make a big deal for like very specific people like Effie, her, her voice line sold very well, or I think like Avo sold really well in that regard. Um, so I think that like they, they created a product that, uh, allowed talent to be able to like competitively take advantage of in order to, to make money for both themselves and for Valve. And I think they're the fact they're doing the same with organizations, which typically like they've had a pretty... Uh, I think Valve has had a pretty antagonistic relationship to team organizations. Like they've always been uh, way more on the player side than anybody else's. Um, and so the fact that they're trying to do something that is going to help the organizations, which also helps the players, mm -hmm. um, I think is a good sign Cause, just because it means they want the, the scene to be healthier. Uh, and talent also get to take advantage of, of stickers. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful that it, it does well. I mean, ultimately, these um, these like satellites, uh, like what are they called? Satellite companies, satellite industries or something. It's like when a company or a, is built up around an industry or company that is like much bigger than it. Like there it's like a, not a subsidiary because it's not directly underneath that that company's control. But you make money off of the fact that like this other company makes something that is so big that there are like some trickle down effects. And that's basically what like team organizations and talent and stuff like that is, right? It's like Valve created a an industry like an esports, uh, uh, Dota two esports, and there are different avenues to to like take advantage. And the best way to make like a really healthy ecosystem is to make sure all players are incentivized to be in that. Yeah. To be in that ecosystem. Right? They have a because otherwise, if they're not, they're gonna go somewhere else. They have a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. That might not be the word you wanted. Someone's probably screaming it at like their steering wheel right now. <laughs> so it's uh, it's good that they're they're doing that. Um, it makes me hopeful for some of the changes in the future, especially since there was that rumor about like the DPC changes. Like we didn't really get DPC changes right this last year, but now apparently next year there is going to be right. There was that rumor that it's going down to like three weeks or something. So mm -hmm. um, I think that like that is another like just you know. As long as we keep on improving, it means that Valve wants to like actually cares enough to to uh, make the Dota Two esports a better place. So, I'm gonna swing yeah. back in, into the negative camp real quick uh, uh -huh. be before we exit before we exit TI Town for the time being. Something that I feel like is not 
improving for everybody and something that i was very bummed to hear about is um pgl's involvement with gg bet for the international <laughs> hey but that's another sign of valve specifically recognizing that like hey you know maybe you guys aren't making enough money uh i, I don't know exactly what that situation is but it almost it feels like it, it, pgl was like yo we need to make some more money off of this. And Valve's like, they're, they're, they're like counting up their money from all the battle passes and they, they stop and they're just like, well, you're not getting any of this money. <laughs> Here, you can go ahead and sell your own stuff. And they gave them the, the rights to the last chance qualifier uh, and uh, group stage, which meant that they could <sighs> sell sponsors gross. for. And the very first sponsor was a gambling sponsor, which Feels Valve gross. has usually been vehemently against gambling sponsors in Dota, notoriously that they, they told team organizations that they did not want gambling sponsors and, and team organizations were like, that's the only way we make any money at all. You can't take that away from us. Um, you know, so uh, very funny, honestly. <laughs> I, I like I don't care that much. I thought it was hilarious. It feels like a bummer to me because it, it feels like the end of an era. And maybe that's just me being an old man yelling at the clouds, right? Um, mm. But but to me, it's almost less about the business and more about like TI does feel like this, you know, sacred community thing. And part of that was that it was kind of um, agnostic of external money that, you know like this and now we're gonna watch the group stage and if they play that same fucking ad that was definitely meant for for like counter-strike gamers call it silky skills like i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna blow my brains out during the broadcast so you know it's just a bummer i understand why and my assumption is that there was probably a conversation with pgl and valve and i bet pgl went well this is this sponsorship is going to pay x amount of money if i had to guess it's probably north of a half million dollars um and like valve do you want to give us a half million dollars to not have a sponsor on it and then valve goes no take gg bet and pgl (laughs) goes cool all right we're gonna make the money um that's okay but would you feel the same way if PGL had announced Intel was sponsoring the TI group stage and last chance qualifier, would you have I, felt and the qualifiers? Would you have felt that way? I would feel yes, but not as extreme. Like if if I'm like a nine out of ten bummed, at least five of those nine points come from it being GG bet. Okay, I, so I would majority still is be the a fact four that it's a gambling five. sponsor, yeah, not necessarily a sponsor in and of itself. And that's the part I can't figure out. Because I I feel like, don't get me wrong, sponsors are not in love with Dota, but I feel like the first sponsor to be able to get their hands on TI in any form, that's gotta be a product that's worth something. And you could only find a gambling sponsor. And I think they they I think they had to they announced a gambling sponsor. I'm not sure if they even wanted to necessarily announce that, but the qualifiers are starting. And so obviously like the qualifiers are part of that coverage for mm-hmm. that sponsor. So it seems like they only got a gambling sponsor, which says to me, I highly doubt PGL is just like 
crazy incompetent with their sales. I'm sure they've got some some people there who could sell this stuff. No, they went it to all the other that, like, It makes me think that they, they that they just didn't have the time to sell this. That like especially since it's late in the year because it's always easier to sell the sponsors at the beginning of the year because they have this huge ass budget and they've got some money to fucking throw around, you know? But when you go towards the end of the year, most of that money starts getting tied up in things that they had talked about six months prior. So it makes me think that this was not something that was uh, planned. Yeah. Uh, like this was not something that like at the start of the year, like Valve and PGL met up and they're like, oh yeah, well, this is what we're going to do. Big business uh, deals are happening in quarter three and quarter four. So they can go into effect in quarter one when budgets free up. Right. Like yeah, nobody yeah. is dropping an ass ton of money in quarter four, which is like what basically we're in right now. Right. October mm-hmm. TI. Yeah. Because it's already been allocated for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it does make me feel like there's just something that wasn't totally right about this whole situation and definitely could have done been done much better because a large part of it, I agree. I think the large part of the ickiness is the fact that the very first sponsor that has ever been announced for TI period was a gambling sponsor. Uh, that that part feels gross. If, they, if it was even just announced that it was Intel and you know like Monster, like you know like the degrading line of like sponsorships, you know like a uh, hardware sponsor, energy drink sponsor, uh, and then and then gambling sponsor and then NFT sponsor, like you know it goes down in that line. Like it, it, like as long as the first one wasn't gambling or below. You know, then I feel like it would have felt a lot icky, uh, a lot less icky. And, but the fact that it was just like one sponsor it was the first sponsor and it's a gambling one, it definitely makes the whole situation feel really fucking weird. And it does say, I think, something about the fact that Valve being more hands off on TI. I know there were not very many Valve employees at this last TI. I think there was like four in total or something like that. Uh, and I don't think there's a whole lot of desire for valve employees to to be doing ti anymore so i think this is part of the handoff is the fact that they are don't want to be less responsible for it and so part of that is handing it off to somebody else and that somebody else has to make money off of it so i would love nothing more than to spend my entire year planning ti yeah well too bad it also means there's going to be less content because now all that time there's so much content for ti in part because there's no ad breaks. You had no you had no reason to ever go to a break because you had no ads, right? Uh, so now that just means probably less content, less panel time, all that sort of thing. Because now you got to fill up that time in some degree for uh, you know like for group stage and stuff like that. But well, we'll stop complaining for now. I'm sure that there are going to be other things to complain about in the near future. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> You're laughing because you know. Um, but but who knows? No one knows. It's all a mystery. Uh, there's other things that we could be touching on, but I think we should just save that for, for a later time. There's still qualifiers going on. There will be next week. There's there's probably some patch we can talk about and how it relates to the qualifiers. We'll do that later. Um, I just finished watching Dragon Blood. Took me a month. Can touch on that later. Spoiler whatever um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds about right so uh. so let, let, let's forgo all that and until next time but but i'd be remiss to not uh wrap up by by calling out to a patreon question for a patreon.com slash side poll question for our our great fans who choose to support us over on patreon.com slash side poll which is um thank you we got a lot of questions you want to do two let's hit two 
Yeah, we, yeah we, 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 we've we've backed we've up. been missing some weeks and we've been backing up mm-hmm. on some questions. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do we did a different one. I'm going to do two new ones just so we don't rehash the same conversation. Okay. From We're going to have that same conversation from the missing episode eventually, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, we definitely will. But uh, Kaido Riemann, uh I swear to God, sometimes these names just sound like one of those bend over situations, you know, uh, I was like, Kaido Riemann, is that is that <laughs> got any recommendations for TV shows to watch? Uh, I chose this one because I just finished up watching uh, Sandman on Netflix. Can highly recommend that. Uh, that was both. Uh, it was a great story, and there were some pretty good cool visuals to it. Um, definitely got me interested in actually reading the uh, Sandman series. So I might actually check that out because um, I enjoyed the the TV series so much. Um, I'm going. To, I'll probably go on Patreon. And also in Discord, and I'll link my Simcoe profile, which is where I log all of my TV. It's like Letterboxd, but for television. Because uh, we've talked about it a little bit before, but I, I watch a lot of TV. I'm really interested in a lot of TV. I could give you recommendations for days and probably start to bore people. Um, so if, if I'm just going to throw out a couple, um, Better Call Saul just wrapped up. It is just as good as Breaking Bad is. And anybody who says otherwise um, didn't stick through the first season, maybe being not as good as Breaking Bad. I've been um, I've been binging it. Uh, that was my binge during ESL One Malaysia. I binged it before and done like two or two to three seasons, and then I kind of like re. I did this weird part where I like kind of rewatch. I was like, I knew I recognized stuff, but I was kind of like, it'd been so long since I watched it, so I like kind of rewatch season three. And now I'm almost totally caught up. I'm almost done with it. Uh, and that'll probably, I'll finish it up for TI itself. But I can agree it's very good. Super good. Um, if you have not heard of How To With John Wilson, it's an HBO show that is like nothing else you've ever watched before. It is, it is remarkably, remarkably good. Um, if you want an animated show that you might not have heard of that's a little bit less mainstream, there's uh, there's Tuka and Birdie, which is very interesting. It's like a female, uh, uh, two, two female leads, Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish. Um, it is by the same art director uh, who did BoJack. Uh, it, it, is, it is a little more... Uh, of a woman's gaze for a show, which is super interesting just because there's not many shows written by women, let alone animations uh, written by women. And then just other things to rattle off. Um, Chernobyl, Fleabag, Utopia, but the British Utopia, not the Amazon Utopia. Um, big Little Lies. All right, who, gi- who gives a shit about all... You're not talking about the real meat and potato, the real stuff people want to fucking know. What do people want to know? Lord of the Rings. Ten or one? Which one is it, Joey? One. Damn. <laughs> that was a fast reaction. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is, is two episodes in. Like, I, I feel like giving a rating is, like, really weird before you're... But, like, I'm not super excited about it. It's kind of whatever for me so far. I'm, I'm hoping it'll kick up in the later episodes, but... Uh, so far, it definitely does not have me hooked. I've said this before, but I really struggle with uh, high fantasy as, oh. as 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 a motif. So I actually struggle with Lord of the Rings way be way more than I should. Uh, I, I I'm not a Weird. good. 
I'm not a good person to ask. I thought you were a nerd. LTR stuff. What I'm I'm fuck? like a fake nerd. I play video games. What I, the I fuck? But like not like orcs mages video games. Okay, but what about the Game of Thrones series? I don't even remember what it's called. House of the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, also, not. I I wasn't that into Game of Thrones. This guy hates anything that's too mainstream. I don't know what to tell you that's guys. I'm sorry. I, I know that's what you guys wanted to know. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Is it good? Is it bad? Sorry, guys. It's just too too mainstream. It's not hipster enough. Some of my favorite shows are like the most <laughs> mainstream shows. I fucking love Breaking Bad and The Wire and Rick and Morty. And <laughs> yeah, but you probably got in early on the Breaking Bad and like The Wire is like critically acclaimed. So, you know, like... Uh, uh, I was I an was artsy little, fartsy guy like you, you know. Of course, he's got it. <laughs> I was I was a little annoyed because I did watch the season, the first season of Breaking Bad, and then when it got really popular, I'm like, yeah, of course, obviously, you guys like this you show. You guys it's really know this good. Show, yeah, guys, I've, I've been watching this for four you know, years. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Hit hit, hit me up on Discord if, if if you want my my TV letterbox. I will happily share with you and talk about TV all day long. It also goes over all the movies I've watched and all the anime I've watched too. So, okay, yeah, I, you know, just link it in the go go to my Discord, our Discord, go to the Sign Pool Podcast channel. Joy will drop it there, and it'll be there before the episode is even released because I would like to see your letterbox as well. Yeah, we show see. me your letterbox, Joey. Open it up <laughs> you wide say it like for that, me. It Let dirty. me take a peek inside. Ooh, stop it! I gotta wash my balls first. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a gross callback. Uh, let's one see another question. one. Seebs uh, commented on your post. Uh, Cap, how do you feel about players taking over the panel? I think from a fan. Per- no, no, we're not going to talk about that one until later. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> different one. Uh, Patrick Labram says, why do analysts and casters always say this ex-hero rather than just the hero's name? This Chen hero instead of just Chen. It's well, but this just... Is- yeah, this isn't universal. Like, I think that there's, I think that, I think that you have to be paying attention for it. Yeah, I don't. I, I bet that this question comes as a surprise to a lot of people who have never heard it before, and maybe we're ruining people who are going to look for it now because it does happen. I think that there's worse offenders than other people. I think specifically lyrical, who I love very much, does this often. Um, but 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 I don't think that it is universal. Yeah, I think that. Um... I think it is okay. First of all, it's cultural, uh, like as in it's specific to Dota player culture, like pro player. Like somebody started saying that it's in, and it definitely spread. Uh, there is certain connotations to saying this blank hero uh, rather than just saying Chen is overpowered. It was saying this Chen hero is overpowered. There's there is an additional bit of emotion that I'm not sure if like is fully understood uh, if you are not immersed in the culture. Um, but it is definitely something that you are uh, you are there. There's very often maybe a little bit of spite or disgust when you say this X hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like very often referred to when you're talking about like a concept that is just broken or dumb like this 
ogre hero is so stupid it just walks into my lane and just hits me over and over again. It's like a depersonalization or something uh, that happens when you say this X hero rather than just saying ogre is dumb. You, you just it's, this ogre hero is so dumb. Yeah, you're just sinking your claws into it a little bit more. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it almost feels like your mom calling you the dinner table or something. It's like it, it it just has like that little bit of that little bit of point to it. Yeah, it's like when yeah when she says your last name mm-hmm. instead of just calling you by your first name. You know that that you know you fucked up. You know yeah. you fucked up when she adds in the the last name. Well, well it, it's or or if like you're that. Or if you have the pleasure of, you know, having a name like mine, you have your full name. Uh, because as I, I am just trained to be scared of the word Joseph. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Joey's do, fine. Do you have a middle name? Angelo. My name is Joseph Angelo. Angelo. My parents. Did, did your parents ever use your middle name? My my parents used my middle name when I was in trouble. Sometimes. Yeah, uh, I, I would get yelled Joseph Angelo. Um, to together, so I would get a full name and a middle name conjoined. My parents, um, two atheists, they had me, and I'm <laughs> convinced your middle that name they, is Angelo. I, they had me, and I'm convinced they were like looking through a Bible because they couldn't think of their names. They're like, hmm, Joseph, yeah, hmm, Angelo, yeah, sure, why not? Like, like my name just like breathes ho- like like Holy Testament, <laughs> and it really does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I sound so goddamn Roman Catholic um, that it hurts. <laughs> Anywho, don't dox me. Um, that's it for questions this week. That's it for the show this week. We're going to be back. You'll probably start casting by then. Maybe my house will be cool so the camera works the whole time. Uh, thank you for everybody who supporting us on Patreon. And this is my effort to end the show finite, finite, finitely, finitely. Finite with finality. Well, you ruined it. Fuck. <laughs>